You've read or heard or preached the scripture this week. Now what? Join me, Pastor Carissa, and my colleague, Pastor Alan, as we explore the spaces between the Sundays in our podcast, Soft Idolatry. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 10 of Soft Idolatry. Carissa, how you doing today? I'm doing okay today, um, although today is the day the music died. February 3rd, 1959 is when Buddy Holly's plane went down. Yeah, so it's a sober holiday today. It's uh, not a don't, don't forget Richie Valens and the Big Bopper. That is true. That is true. There there was quite a lot of musical talent on that that plane that went down. So uh yeah, I've had had Buddy Holly songs going through my head. As well as the Weezer song, <laughs> Buddy Holly. <laughs> and and later you'll dance the bomba. Oh, of course, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, who's not going to do that today? Yes, because to, to dance the bomba, you need a little grace for you and for me. <sighs> See, I, I think I knew that this was going to happen if I unleashed it, but I just really <laughs> felt like I needed to. <laughs> just, uh, had to process there. And... No sympathy for self-inflicted wounds. <sighs> Yeah, I haven't heard that one in a long time. <laughs> no, no, it's got to be minutes. <laughs> yeah, at least it, at it, least minutes, yeah. It doesn't help that, uh, well, it doesn't help for you in this conversation that I was in high school when... Um, when Buddy Holly died? Uh, I knew you were old, no. Buddy, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> no, when, when the... Um, when the, the Richie Valens biopic uh, starring Lou Diamond Phillips was out. So, of okay. course, in our Spanish class, we had to uh, translate the lyrics, or, or, or our teacher translated the lyrics for us, um, or at least transcribed them so we could see. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's our, that's our holiday today. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are you, I, I'm going off lectionary for a little while. Um, mm -hmm. What are you, what have you chosen to use from the lectionary this week? So I am, uh, I, I am breaking with my recent tradition of only one text for Sunday to streamline worship in these COVID times. Uh, and I am using both the gospel reading and also the first Corinthians reading because they really play off of one another quite effectively. Nice. And just as a quick rundown for our listeners who may not have their Bibles open, which which Mark and First Corinthians passages are those? Just like uh, a sentence. Mark 1, <laughs> uh, 29 to 39, I believe. I'm, I'm actually opening the lectionary right now. And it is Jesus... Um, healing uh peter's mother-in-law mm -hmm. and and then the corinthians reading is first corinthians 9 16 through 23 uh when paul talks about being all things to all people nice nice all things to all things to all people um what an interesting phrase that is you it's one of those used and misquoted ones sometimes it, too yeah it really is and uh it, it when i hear it i'm reminded of some of our pastoral care classes in seminary where oh, yeah. we are cautioned against being a quivering mass of availability 
I love that term. I don't know why. It's just so descriptive of what happens to so many pastors. Yes. We, we, well, we want to be able to reach out to all people. And we have this idea that we are at the center of the congregation holding everything together. And we're not the center. No, you are not Jesus, as some of my professors would say. You're not the Messiah. Correct. And we sometimes lose sight of that, not not out of ego, well, not out of arrogance or, uh, well, let's just start there, not out of arrogance. Uh, Mm. We can sometimes bring our own brokenness to the vocation and that can be our motivation for trying to fix other people or whatever. Um, Certainly when you serve as an interim pastor, I I speak from experience here, you can believe that you need to hold the congregation together, especially if there's a crisis during your interim pastorate. And in some senses, that's not completely wrong. But at all times, we have to remember that, hey, I'm not the center. This is not about me. Yeah. And that can be a hard, that can be a hard concept to get our minds around as clergy sometimes because we, we, most, right, I can't speak for all clergy, but the most of the ones that I know, let's put this in terms that I can vouch for, most of the clergy I know are Apple helpers, right? We're all different Enneagram types, different Myers-Briggs types. We do that differently, but we all do this because we genuinely believe that the church is worth our time and that humanity is worth it. And that, that we can have some kind of role in helping people live into that identity. So we're in this because we're optimistic helpers at some, at some level on varying degrees. I'd, I'd take that a step further and say that we all had, we all, uh, those of us who are ordained clergy, had some good transformative experience with the church mm. on our journeys to this place. And we, we think, okay, I can replicate this for others, or I can use this as a teaching point and these things that were solutions or answers in my life, I can bring those to other people. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we can, again, lose sight of those other people. Yeah, and we can uh, lose sight of our own boundaries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I Some pastors will tell you almost as though it is a badge of honor that they work like a 70 or 80 hour week. Uh, and um, I am not proud of people for doing that. If you're out there working 80 hours a week, pastors, I love you. Hear that. And Jesus loves you. And stop. Like, you you can't. You cannot sustain that. You're going to kill yourself or you're going to drive away your family or, you know, like, it's... It, that's or your congregation healthy. or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not healthy. Or you're or you're gonna retire one day and your congregation's not gonna know how to survive without you. Um, mm-hmm. because you're gonna get someone 
with boundaries, perhaps, um, <laughs> who is going to tell you, sorry, you know, I'm not working an 80 hour week. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to have a 60 or 70 hour week if there's a funeral and it's Advent and yeah, a wedding that, and all that. But to do that on a sustained basis is not healthy. And I don't think that's what Paul is saying in that Corinthians passage. No, not at all. Not at all. I would, I, I think Paul is, this is one of those perhaps problems of translation. And I'm going to, to state clearly that I am no great scholar of Greek or Hebrew. Um, certainly I am better at Greek, but I am not pulling out my Greek New Testament every week and preparing my own translations. I am just not that geeked about doing that part of the translation. Dr. Derlesser, if you're listening to this podcast, close your ears. Alan is speaking heresy right now. Uh, Yes, anywho, um, (laughs) you know, I I, I just, um, as as all of us who are solo pastors in the first few years of ministry have learned one way or another, we got a lot on our plates. And especially if we are not going to turn this into a 70 or 80 hour work week, one of the things that we generally don't have time for is Greek and Hebrew word studies, uh, producing our own translations every week. It makes me so sad, but it's true. (laughs) Uh, I I, I won't say that it makes me sad, Um, (laughs) but... Uh, and and for the record, I got good grades in Greek. You had good friends in Greek. <laughs> I don't I think we ever. I, I don't think the, we actually ever no. studied Greek together, though. We did not. I took Greek on my own. Thank you. Were um, you in my Greek class? You were in my exegesis class, but not the regular Greek class. Is that right? No, did I don't we think have that so. Class together. I don't think so, but I don't remember for okay. sure. Okay, well, we'll figure it's, that out later, rather than it's subject our now. listeners to correct <laughs> our terrible memories about. The classes we took in seminary when. Anywho. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm really rabbit traily today, dear one. Yes, you are. Yeah, sorry. Anyhow, um, we are, uh, now we need to trace these breadcrumbs back. I'm, um, yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> you might need to edit Paul this out. Is, or, pa, uh, Paul is not telling us that oh, we oh, should okay. be all things to all people. Right, 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 right. That's what it is. Um, the, the all things to all people, I think, uh, while that might be a faithful translation, it, it's perhaps culturally we have warped the meaning of that into... Uh, into a recipe for burnout, into the idea that as pastor, uh, I can be everybody's best friend. And that is just not true. Um, I love the relational aspect of pastoring. But the bottom line is, even in a small congregation, even if I got along beautifully with absolutely every person and had loads of common interests with every person, I wouldn't have time to be everybody's best friend. Just can't be done. So I don't 
interpret it in that way. I think what Paul is saying is that Paul has worked to understand different groups of people, that he has taught himself to hear those people who are weak in the faith, to hear those people who are strong in the faith, to hear the Jews, to hear the Gentiles. He has worked to put himself in a position where he can understand the perspectives of all of those people in his faith community. Yeah, and and this isn't just a message for church leaders. So this is... um, this can be a form of idolatry, this trying to help everybody or feeling obligated to help everybody no matter what, or helping people to death, you know, like um, enabling unhealthy patterns. Are, are you saying we shouldn't collect a special offering every other week for a different cause? Um, I mean, honestly, that depends on your congregation's culture, right? But but no, you need to pick the things that, as, as a collective, a community, you know, find, find your lane and stay in it. Uh, because if you try to do all the things as a church, you're going to spread yourself thin just in the way that individuals do. I'm even thinking on individual bases, too, though, sometimes, you know, um, You'll often get parents or grandparents who uh, enable a child's poor patterns and just keep sending them money, um, even though they're, you know, spending and not having a job and, you know, maybe have some some addiction issues going on rather than helping find the appropriate help. So we can fall into this pattern of feeling like we have to help in every situation, no matter what, especially to the people that are close to us. But that's not always Can, can you... Can you give me um, an example of what that might look like in a congregational setting? In a congregational setting, it might look like um, enabling unhealthy communication patterns or kowtowing to a particular person who has um, bullied their way around. Possibly even being um, around someone who um, maybe needs to hear some difficult words, right? Right, right. So by communication patterns, like every decision needs to be run through the pastor. Yes. So yeah. Um, Or through a specific elder, uh, or if a particular family is not in some kind of power position in the congregation, you know, there's all these unhealthy patterns. Um, But again, I'm I'm even thinking of, um, you know, um, just when helping is too much, when helping becomes the idol. Yeah, I... So, and in a pastoral context, it could be that you are um, answering every email from a congregation member, no matter what time mm. it hits your inbox. You are answering every phone call and mm-hmm. text message, no matter what time you receive it, even if it's mm-hmm. not urgent. And, uh, and by constantly doing that, you condition mm-hmm. the members of the congregation that yes, it's okay to email the pastor or call the pastor at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. on a Saturday night. Uh, and for the record, it is okay to email the pastor whenever you need to email. Just please don't expect that I am going to respond to that email at 10 o'clock yeah. on a Saturday You're night. You're going to get my reply at 5 o'clock the next morning. <laughs> That's just how, mm-hmm. It's funny because my congregations know that too. Uh, they know that if they send me an email or a text message after about 9 p.m., they're going to hear back at 6 <laughs> In the next morning, but not that evening. 
I, I think that might even depend on which day is the next morning. Uh, for me, not not particularly. I'm I'm always up at that time the next morning. Um, if I'm on vacation, that might be different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we. Right. You know, but what about a Saturday? Uh, it, de- it depends on the email. Yeah. And we kind of okay. talked about that a week or two ago when we talked about vacation boundaries. Yeah. We, yeah. We did. We did. And I, I, I certainly uh, would, would grant you that. But I would say, um, you know, in my in my pre-pandemic paradigm, you know, I was taking Friday off completely. And if I needed to, I would write my sermon on Saturday morning and then Saturday was going to be off too. So if your email came in on Saturday morning, unless it was a list of prayer concerns to be put in the prayers of the people, which I could then copy and paste from that email into my sermon document, I -hmm. was not answering that on a Saturday. And I surely was not answering that on Friday, which was my day. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons that I think that this is really important. This idea of having your boundaries and setting them firmly um, and, and not trying to do all the things all the time. Um, it's partly the burnout issue. It's a lot, the mm-hmm. burnout issue. But it's also that that can be um, a, a really bad power dynamic, right? Because that puts you so much in control of everything that's happening. And that, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that is true of um, helping out too much as clergy in a pastoral role and working too many hours, making yourself completely indispensable. And that also goes for mm-hmm. individuals, right? Um, a lot of the most yeah. manipulative people out there, whether they know it or not, it's because they're helping too much as a way to be relevant. Yes. And that is an idol. Yeah. As a way to be relevant, um, I, I think, again, that becomes an idol for us and for them. And it, it is a, functionally, it turns into a violation of Sabbath. Mm-hmm we never take time off and as a consequence we become slaves to this Mm -hmm. ideal this ideal of how we should be all things to all people not in the sense that paul means it but in in the unhealthy and needy sense and this is not only is that not living into god's plan uh, into the abundant life that is promised to us, it is, when we do this, uh, it is bad Mm -hmm. teaching. We should be teaching by example, and we are undercutting what we are teaching on a Sunday morning by living a life that is different from what we preach. And, you know, the example that we are supposed to be modeling our, ourselves after, um, where, wherever you fall in the, uh, the community, is the one in the passage that I'm going to be primarily preaching on this Sunday, uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 11. This is sometimes known as the Christ hymn. 
which... Uh, ah, humility. Humility, yes, where Christ humbles himself to come down to earth in human form, right? Here's the creator of everything out there ever who's coming down um, to to serve. And I'm, I'm pairing that with Isaiah 42, 1 through 4, which talks about the suffering servant. And I, I think that we need to be careful of some of the same traps in these two passages um, that we do in that Corinthians passage. You know, humility, um, humbling yourself does not mean making yourself less than those around you. And in fact, uh, for the next few weeks, I'm going to be sharing uh, various Christian practices and disciplines for folks to try out. And submission is the one that I have paired with humility this week. Submission, that, that, that certainly does not have a positive context it doesn't. in our society. No, and I think that's because it's been co-opted and used poorly by those who would like the people who are uh, in their control to remain that way. Uh, it's been used to um, to advocate for slavery and for complementarianism and all that crappy patriarchal nonsense. Sorry, complementarians. Uh, feel free to email me and we'll have a robust conversation about this. But that's not scriptural. Um, <laughs> Would that really be a conversation? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it depends on whether or not the complementarians are willing to submit to the authority I, of scripture. Ouch, that was a good oh. one. No, I um I'm I'm always happy when, to to disagree with people and to have conversations when people disagree with me. And I think that that in a, in and of itself is a form of submission, being willing to listen to people even when they piss you off and disagree with you. Um, you know, I mean this is this mm. is true of like congregations too, right? There's a lot of pastors who don't want people to ever disagree with them. Um, that is not how how yeah. I roll and I see that as a form of mutual submission, being willing to have those conversations. Um, so that this sort of submission I'm talking about is this humility that we see in Christ to be a servant while saving our butts. <laughs> um, and mm -hmm. you know Christ was not, anybody's doormat jesus was not a doormat no that boy there's a there's a good sermon title for you jesus ain't your doormat mm -hmm. uh, jesus was not a doormat jesus was not a doormat. yeah i know you're very pedantic when it comes to that sort of thing i was trying to be cool like the hip kids yeah yeah but you're you're, you're making jesus to be my doormat and i think the 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 better point is that Ah, uh, he's anyone's doormat, not just not your Correct. doormat. He's nobody's doormat. Okay, Correct. I gotcha. I see what you're saying yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Th thank you for submitting to my correct interpretation. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, um, you know, fully expect you to do the same when I call you on your incorrect <laughs> interpretations <laughs> and such. Uh, yeah, and that's, so that's, that's where I'm going with that is this idea of, uh, humility and submission, which I think t ties back to it. You know, there's kind of two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And, and I think it, it also gets back to our central tenet of soft idolatry. You know, the test of 
an idol is can you discuss it mm. if you can't discuss it it's an idol if you can't discuss changing a practice or you can't discuss your own relationship to something or you can't discuss that something exists like structural racism that's an idol mm -hmm. um if you if you fight the discussion because well i just don't believe that there's structural racism then you have an idol somewhere <laughs> right and um and, and for the record i do believe that there is structural racism yes because there is um um yeah and um I, I think that, um, and, and not just not being willing or able to discuss or recognize something, but sometimes we put those things up on a pedestal and say, well, of course I'm holding this in this way because it's such a good, wholesome, important thing. Uh, so in the case of overhelping, right trying to be all things to all people taking that passage from paul wrong um that that is an idol and it's an idol that a lot of people will put up on a pedestal and say but 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 paul says this and jesus you know mm -hmm. humbled himself uh but we're we're not looking at the full picture when we do that and so we we make it an idol um, that we we say we can't get rid of because it's a good a good thing. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right about that. And and again, this is um, we're called to the task of self examination. We have to look at what we do, look at how we interact with people. We have to learn how other people hear things. We have to learn how other people hear us because sometimes we don't hear ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, what can be an idol to one person might not be an idol for another person as well. And so we're not saying helping people is bad. <laughs> we're not saying being no. a good pastor, a dedicated pastor is bad. It's okay to to drive folks to a doctor's appointment or the hospital sometimes. But if that same person is calling you every single week to do that, you might want to connect them with the local service that helps to take people to appointments and things. Or your board of deacons. Yes. Yeah. It's okay to delegate is what we're saying. Um, it's okay to not delegate, but, but you need to be um, aware of your own patterns and, and how they're making you feel and how they're making others around you feel. Mm -hmm. And again, we are, we are called to do that in our practice of ministry. And in doing so, we hope to offer an example and uh, something that correctly puts God at the center of the picture mm -hmm. and not us or the work that we do. And we're not perfect at that. So we appreciate yeah. your grace when we're not, and we appreciate it when our, our elders say things like, you haven't had a vacation in a while. You need to do that. <laughs> that was a conversation <laughs> that was recently started with me. <laughs> and I, and I was like, well, but, 
you're right. <laughs> um, I had to submit but, to <laughs> to the elders. <laughs> Take a little time off. Funny, I think you and I have had this conversation about you too. <laughs> we have, yeah. So, um, so watch out for one another too in this, and don't be offended when someone says. You need to take a break. Like, you're helping, but stop for a few minutes. <laughs> you know, go take a walk or something. Um, so, you know, that is that can be a form of submission, too, is listening to friends and colleagues and those around us who, who um, call us out on this idolatry. Don't be so full of yourself that you can't realize you're wrong sometimes. Amen. I, I think... I think that may have said it all. I think so. I think we're we've wrapped this up pretty neatly today. Yeah, sometimes the sometimes the texts aren't that hard to interpret. And sometimes they are. I <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It just felt like the thing to say. Um why don't you pray? <laughs> because I'm just going to keep talking until you pray. <laughs> you put a okay. microphone in front of me i'm just gonna go all day unless someone pulls the plug on it <laughs> oh oh come on carissa you're gonna go all day whether or not there's a microphone there. that's that is not completely wrong <laughs> <laughs> spoken like a true friend uh, let us pray gracious god we ask that you equip us with a spirit of wisdom and grace so that we may see one another as we are, so that we may learn to hear other people in their particularity, that we may learn to hear them without our own egos getting in the way, that we may learn to see ourselves as others see us, and to listen when others tell us that we are not as we see ourselves. We ask that you open us always to the movement of the Spirit so that we can hear and then speak more effectively to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, dear ones, for joining us for another episode of Soft Idolatry. May you go in peace today, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you are, are listening to us. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord by loving and serving one another. Amen. Amen. So, Alan, some of my favorite everyday holidays are coming up. Uh, yesterday was Groundhog mm -hmm. Day, which I discovered in listening mm -hmm. to... A podcast on Groundhog Day that I actually kind of love because it's so freaking weird. Um, <laughs> we we uh, at, at my old office uh, before seminary, we had uh, a woman in the company who was from West Virginia, and her family loved Groundhog Day, and it was always a big party for them. So our boss thought that was hilarious and decided it would be a big party for us in the office. And it was, 
It was hilarious. It's, listen to the Stuff You Should Know episode of about Groundhog Day. Like, it's so weird. It comes from, like, pagan Celtic traditions, but also, like, the Christians tried to convert it and make it Candlemas. But then the Germans mm-hmm. came in with, like, this badger-related holiday, but there aren't badgers in western Pennsylvania. So they're like, well, we could use this thing. It's close enough. And it's really... Badgers? We don't need no stinking badgers. <laughs> it's so weird. But anyway... Um, tomorrow's World Cancer Day. Hug someone you love who has survived cancer or is battling cancer. Um, some of us have some some folks very near to us right now. Um, Saturday mm-hmm. is Canadian Wear a Sweater Day. So love your Canadian brothers and sisters by wearing a sweater. I feel like every day in Canada is Wear a Sweater Day, but that's maybe just me. Well, actually, it's Wear a Sweater Day. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And then Sunday is one of my favorite holidays of the year. Sunday is Superb Owl Day. Uh, yes. Also known as Super Bowl Sunday. Sure. Where most of us will be uh, engaging in the uh, cultural ritual of watching the, uh, the spectacle of uh all sorts of things can we have an episode Um, one time where you try to convince me that american football is not an idol (laughs) why why would i try to convince you well because it is it totally (laughs) is and then here you are ready to just bow to the idol of consumeristic pro sports i'm just saying define bow you know i'm not gonna miss church over it (laughs) (laughs) Right, because it's not till 7 p.m. or 10 o'clock at night. or I don't even know when it is. It's like late in the evening. Anyway, superb owl. Um, Enjoy an owl on Sunday. I I think we've gone too far at the end of this. So let's just, we'll talk to you folks next week about the idolatry of football. Sounds like a plan. (laughs) Not really. Thanks for joining us on Soft Idolatry. For show notes and more information, check out our website at softidolatry.com. To send us questions or comments, you can email us at info at softidolatry.com. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please become a patron at www.patreon.com slash softidolatry. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.